Welcome to the Jam Space Podcast. I am Zach Cry, and this is the countdown to Ripple Fest, Texas. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Jam Space with Zach Cry. We are counting down the days to Ripple Fest, Texas, taking place at the Far Out Lounge in Austin, Texas. My guest today is Lance Gordon, the man behind Mad Alchemy Liquid Light Show. If you don't know what that is, go to YouTube right now and look it up. Mad Alchemy Liquid Light. And check out some of his videos. He's worked with bands for... He's setting the vibes for you guys. He's worked with Uncle Acid. He's worked with Radio Moscow. He has worked with Earthless, Brant Bjork, Stoner, Spirit Mother. Nebula, Mark Lanigan. He's worked with Stone and Dusted. He's worked with Desert Days. He worked with Ripple Fest Texas last year, and he is going to be there again this year. That's happening. Let me pull this up so I don't fuck it up. July 21st through the 24th. Let me just tell you guys some of the um, headliners that they've got coming down here to the Far Out Lounge in Austin, man, which is pretty pretty fucking cool, man. Far Out Lounge is a great place. I was just there in March for the um, 
Tom Frank Stoner Jams over there. Tom from Duels is a fucking cool ass dude. He runs the Stoner Jams as part of the um, South by Southwest. And uh, it's just fucking Far Out Lounge is a great place, dude. Here we go right here. Eagles of Death Metal and The Sword are your two main headliners, okay? Then we got Crowbar. What? Crowbar? Mothership. Big Business. The Obsessed. Stoner. Spirit Adrift. The Heavy Eyes. Sasquatch. Fatso Jetson. J.D. Pincus, Howling Giant, Hippie Death Cult, Destroyer of Light, High Desert Queen, Holy Death Trio, and many, many more. Lighting by Mad Alchemy Liquid Light Show. That is July 21st to the 24th at the Far Out Lounge in Austin, Texas. Look up RippleFest on Instagram, RippleFest Texas, if you want to get some tickets right now. Before we get into the interview, we're going to jam some more of this shit. Here is Stoner. What's up, Lance? How's it going? Doing great. 
Good, man. So good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for doing this interview with me. Sure. Um, let's go ahead and get right into it. Did you make it to um, Albuquerque? Oh, no. I'm going to be leaving tomorrow. So. Oh, okay. So you're still in Austin right now. Yeah, I'm still in Austin. Right on, right on. Cool. Yeah, but we'll be there Friday at the launch pad. And uh, what band, what show was that that you're doing out there? Uh, it's a Blue Heron uh, album release for my friend Roman, who is, uh, you know, the promoter for uh, Monolith on the Mesa. Yeah, exactly. We worked with Roman uh, a few months back when we were uh, playing with Old Blood while they were touring through the Southwest. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Roman's a great guy. We love that dude. Awesome. And, What's, yeah. What's the last uh, show that you worked on? Oh, you mean with Roman? No, no, no. I mean, like, your last oh, show. Oh, well, I, I do shows constantly. Yeah. Um, let's see. The last gig I did was a corporate gig at uh, Omnibarton Resort. Um, you know, let's see. Before that, what was I doing? I mean, I do so many shows. I probably... Some months I literally do 20 shows a month. So this actually July and August are typically my slowest months. But uh, yeah, we're we're going out and uh, we're doing this uh, show with Roman in Albuquerque, and then I do a small festival in uh, Ketchum, Idaho, essentially Sun Valley, Idaho, Tuesday and Wednesday next week, and then of course we do Ripple Fest uh, for four days there at the Far Out Lounge, and we're really looking forward to that. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, really epic. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, we I do a lot of shows. <laughs> well, I think the proper way to start this interview off is to, um, how how would you explain Liquid Light and, and what exactly is that and the process? If you could just give us, like, a brief. Sure. Start, yeah. Sure. So, basically, what I do is uh, a liquid light show, essentially oils and alcohol that are um, lit from the bottom. And today we use high-def cameras that film this combination on clock faces. And so typically we're using an oil-alcohol mix, always rubbing alcohol 70%. And I use uh, certain inks and uh, oil dyes. And uh, so this mixture that I'm working in the plates, which is usually um, a set of two, sometimes three, but typically two, um, is filmed with these high-def cameras with an SDI feed that goes into a series of mixers. And then once you're in SDI, you can go out to a multitude of projectors. Uh, like at RippleFast, for instance, we'll be doing at least 15 projectors throughout the whole area which is, you know, pretty large. It's an outdoor uh, area with two stages, um, like a baseball field and a half, basically. It's pretty big. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so so anyway, um, but that's kind of the essence of it. Um, it's organic. We're using mineral oil. What's, what's mineral oil? That's uh, essentially made from rocks, ground-up rocks. And so what's in rocks? fossils all kinds of things and so it's extremely organic and that's what's really cool about it so it's kind of alive and that's what i like about it so yeah everything that i do today 
uh, generally is all live. None of it's pre-recorded. So what you're seeing is actually being made right at the time. And then we have different techniques um, because our system, uh, as far as a delivery system is now video, um, you can use Mylar and other what is called Lumia effects uh, in addition to the plate patterns or the oil patterns. And so it's kind of complex to describe, but you just got to see it. That's I never I never considered the fact um, that it was mineral oils from the earth and how that added the extra. Oh element. yeah, yeah. There's um, uh, there is kind of a metaphysical aspect to this. Um, you'll definitely see organic shapes, skulls, snakes, eyes, faces. Uh, one time it was pretty funny. There was a really uh, relatively inexperienced straight person that came up to me. And with all seriousness said, you know, that you project a wooden Indian onto the screen. <laughs> and he was, I mean, he was very serious. It was like he had witnessed a murder or something, you know. You're like, you were like, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was, he, he, he was dumbfounded. He said, how is that possible? And I said, well, you know, I you know, I, I didn't actually see the wooden Indian, but, you know, I'll take your word for it. There's a lot of stuff there. So it's pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, you'll see lots of really cool things. Actually, one of the coolest uh, plate mixtures I did in 2007 in the studio, I actually made a skull. It's one of the coolest liquid plates ever. And this was not stereo. So a lot of times we do things with the projectors and that we do a what's called a mirroring. So we have a, essentially, you know, two sides coming together, kind of like a Rorschach test. Some people call it that. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, this projection was just on a singular plate and it was a skull. It was very, very cool. Um, and so you'll see a lot of things like that. Um, sometimes, so uh, like I was in Big Sur, uh, and at Henry Miller Library, which is kind of a cool place. And uh, we were projecting on redwood trees. The uh, projectors I have are, are pretty bright, especially when there's no other competing light. You'd be surprised how bright the trees are in that completely dark environment. Wow. And, uh, wow, man. That must have been in. awesome, man. Yeah, the mist was coming in, Zach. And actually... On this one projection, and remember, we got a photo of it. We got these two characters in the mist. It's kind of scary, to be honest. There was no stereo element whatsoever. It was almost like spirits coming out of the tree. Very, very weird. So sometimes you'll get, you know, really, really interesting projections like that. And I so believe that's, it. Those that's are a lot of the fun of it. The Redwoods are very uh, mystical place, man. That must be that's so cool that you get to do these kind of things in those uh, places. How long? Yeah. How long? I yeah. know that this liquid light, this art form. I mean, I've seen it since like back in the day and Andy Warhol stuff. I mean, all that. How long has this thing been around? Um. Well, like a lot of things, it was in a very primitive form in the late 50s in the beatnik generation. And they would just have like, the thing that's really weird too is overheads or overhead projectors 
a relatively new machine. Um, and uh, even in the mid-60s, they were very, very hard to get. And uh, so a lot of people initially, like art students and what have you, uh, performing artists, um, theatrical people, had played with overheads a little bit. Um, it was in Los Angeles and San Francisco primarily. And uh, there was a teacher at San Francisco State who was the first one to discover the possibility of putting liquids in a clock face and sandwiching them in a clock face. And uh, so he was, that was kind of an epiphany that that guy had. And that's what kind of started the whole thing. And interestingly, I'm doing a documentary with Bill Ham. And Bill Ham was a San Francisco artist. He also was a member of the original Family Dog that did those famous ballroom uh, shows at the Avalon and the Fillmore back yeah. in the day. I know a guy out here, and uh, I randomly, I do solar for a living, and I was doing a job over here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and um, the guy was a musician for Alice Cooper for a while, and he had all these family dog prints, and uh, he oh, he uh, actually yeah. oxygen yeah. auction auctions them off because uh, he has a shitload of them, man, and it's kind of like his little part time thing that he does, man. Very, it's very cool. Family dogs, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bill was one of the founding members, one of the four original members. Um, but Bill is a, you know, um, a pure artist and, uh, frankly, he just got bored with, the with a commercial scene and he went off to Europe and stuff. But, um, he was really the grandfather of, uh, overheads, plates in a rock and roll setting indoors and, uh, very influential. And, uh, he used primarily, uh, very concentrated uh, food coloring and water. And he, used to, he uses this weird corn oil stuff. And uh, anyway, but he makes it work. He's pretty interesting. So this documentary would be pretty cool. We're going to go into all of that. But uh, I use rubbing alcohol oil. I have since I started my first light show in 1971. So I started my first light show when I was in high school. And I was very fortunate to grow up in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, we did cool shows even in high schools, veterans halls, community colleges. And I was just a kid. Uh, but uh, there was a lot of opportunity back in the day to do light shows. And then, then they pretty much disappeared. And then, uh, as a matter of fact, I saw a show in 2001 at the new Fillmore. They reopened it. And I went to, and I was really disappointed. I said, man, they need light shows again. And so a germ of an idea was born. And then in 2008 is when I really started performing live again. And uh, interestingly, it was March 8th of 2008, which was actually the first day of the Austin Psych Fest. So it's kind of interesting. So there was kind of an energy out there some synchronicity you know, time period to really get get it going again and uh you know the rest is just history man we've been doing a lot of shows since then
Well, you've mentioned earlier some of the technology that you use now. I mean, I'm sure it, it wasn't the case when this thing got started. Um, did you find it difficult trying to um, learn the new stuff? I mean, going from just regular overheads into like digital video. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I tell you, uh, uh, this is kind of a funny story. In 2017, I get a call from this guy from, from uh, Denver, Colorado, 7S Management. He calls, calls me up, this guy, and he says, Lance, can you project on rocks? And I said, yeah, sure, I can project on rocks, I think. You know, there isn't a lot of other lights. He says, well, we, may, we may have something for you. And then I was talking to a, a, an assistant of mine. He's saying, Lance, he's probably talking about red rocks. Hmm. I said, what? Red, are you serious? 9,000 people? Oh, my God. How are we going to do this? And there's a, there are ways to do it with conventional overheads using high-def um, cameras, taking that feed and putting it into a very bright projector. Um, however, I was doing a museum show randomly and met this guy, Dennis Keefe, who had been experimenting uh, – with modifying overheads and, and essentially making them LED video monitors. And uh, so, you know, I was talking to this guy, Dennis Keefe. I said, Dennis, how, how could we do this? How could we project on the rocks? What would you do? I said, Lance, I got the system for you. Oh, I didn't believe it. But anyway, went over to his house, showed me a system. I thought, well, this could work. We rolled the dice huge. Okay, because we hadn't even tested the whole thing out. So there I was at Red Rocks um, with this, uh, <laughs> not exactly my kind of music, but there were nice guys, Boombox. Uh, and uh, we were on the side of the stage. And sure enough, we had a 40K and liquid light on the rocks, man. So our system was born. And uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. And then 2018... We took it to the road hard, and uh, that's probably where you saw us with Earthless. Did a tremendous amount of shows with Earthless. Yeah, yeah, I caught you guys here at Mesa. So that's that's yeah. amazing. What band were you doing up there at Red Rocks? Well, mostly, you know, it's pretty conservative place. Okay, so yeah, we you know, mostly it's this Grateful Dead stuff. So okay, we, yeah, we did uh, Joey Russo's Almost Dead. Um, and, uh, I ended up doing seven really large shows. I learned a lot, but you know, I mean, uh, I think uh, I freaked them out a little bit too much. I don't know if they were ready. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. Did, uh, I know there's a lot of grateful dead the, shows uh, up there. Oakland. As a matter of fact, you can see it on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, met the mad alchemy channel with some really cool videos, but one of them is actually this three hour long show that we, uh, did at the fox oakland and uh i mean it was one of the best light shows i ever did but it was just overwhelming and honestly a lot of celebrity rockers get intimidated by a light show okay they they want all the glory do you think so. uh, is it because that it takes away from them or is is that no, what it of course. is yeah of course of course it does it does <laughs> it absolutely does i mean people are watching the light show there's no doubt about it mm. <laughs> I mean, when you have projections that that's the thing is when, when liquid light is projected at 30 feet high by 70 feet, 
it almost seems like a hundred feet or more. Okay. I mean, it is a huge, huge optical effect and it is riveting. And, uh, and that's when it's the best. And so it's fascinating, man, especially when the, when all the elements are in place, man, when the music is just right, when you got, you got whatever going on with you for, for the night, you know, man, you start feeling it a little bit, dude. And the lights just take over, you know? That's absolutely right. And a matter of fact, uh, once again, you go to my YouTube channel. You can check out the Uncle Acid uh, performance we did at Desert Days 2018. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I mean, that was one of my best shows I ever did. And uh, I stand by that performance. It's one of, I mean, a lot of people really loved it. And it really... And you're I mean, projecting onto band, rocks as well. They embraced it. I mean, they could have been really negative, but they weren't. The only thing they told me was... Lance, we don't want any frontal lighting whatsoever. We want to be silhouetted. So yeah. shit. And then we were projecting rear projection, which quite frankly is the best. Uh, there are very few places today where you can do rear projection, unfortunately. Does that mean but they it, got a screen set up and you're just shining everything from the from behind? Yeah, well, you use a, a form of netting called a scrim. Okay. You can also use a rear screen uh, material it's kind of a silvery gray material is very very fragile and damages easily it's really better to use the scrim material and uh and it works great and uh and it's like a net and it's really optically weird because you wouldn't think it would work but it does it works just great and it works phenomenal for that show we did earthless that year and you know i've done a lot of a lot of different shows uh, or performances uh, for Desert Days. Unfortunately, though, um, in subsequent years, they've just gone with uh, front projection. So we haven't been able to do rear projection because of the stages that we have. So I'm hoping to, you know, get a really cool rear screen situation with the right band. But uh, yeah, that uh, Uncle Acid show was amazing.
the guy that really introduced me to kind of the modern rock and roll scene on a, on a major worldwide level was really Parker Griggs. And I met him in Salt Lake City. And I was, uh, you know, it was really kind of strange. Uh, you know, at the time, 2008, uh, we were in a bad recession. And uh, I went for my photo career and I started doing liquid light shows for bands. And at the time I was thinking, well, I'll do this for a year or two, you know. I don't want to just sit around, you know, nobody was hiring or anything. So I ended up in all places, Salt Lake City. Okay, why is that? Because the last good photo gig I had was in Salt Lake City. Anyway, uh, I met some of these young bands at the time in the Salt Lake scene, like Max Payne and the Groovies, Bell Talk, Dark Seas. Anyway, Max Payne and the Groovies said, hey, we're doing a show with Radio Moscow. I said, Radio, I never heard of them, man. So I said, oh, you're going to dig it. Anyway, so I go and we're getting ready to set up for the show. And this van pulls up and these three dudes come out of there. And it's, it's like straight up blue cheer. Okay. I mean, these guys looked exactly like blue cheer. <laughs> and I didn't know that was Radio Moscow. Okay. So I just started and I ended up talking to Parker for 45 minutes this was before the show. You know, we were loading in. And I said, yeah, well, cool, man. Well, what band are you? I'm, oh, man, Radio Moscow. I said, oh, really? Cool. Yeah. And so anyway, he was definitely into it. And then uh, two weeks later, he called me. I was doing some weird, weird photo job in Las Vegas of all places. He says, hey, man, I'm doing a little West Coast run. And so we got doing that, and it worked out pretty well. And then uh, he was, he called me up, uh, you know, like I think November, uh, this was uh, November of 2011. He says, man, we're doing this show or this whole tour with Graveyard. I said, oh man, that's pretty epic. And uh, I said, well, Parker, you did announce that, you know, that I'm going to be on the bill, right? He says, oh man, so they know. <laughs> Hmm. Well, Parker didn't say anything at all, man. <laughs> and at the time, too, his bass player and drummer were kind of stabbing Parker in the back and actually had formed another band with this gal from Sweden called Blues Pills. And, uh, and they quit on Parker just at the beginning of the tour. And, and we were all together at this one club in Iowa. That's their hometown, Ames, Iowa. And so uh, we were doing the show, and Parker comes back to me before the show started and says, Lance, Corey and Zach are leaving. I'm going to fucking throw my guitar into Corey's drum kit. I said, oh, Parker, do you sure you want to do that, man? Anyway, so we did the show. Everybody loved it. Then Parker went on and said, this is the last version of this Radio Moscow. He turns around, throws his guitar into the drum, Corey's drum kit, and Corey fires his guitar back at Parker, hits Parker in the middle of the head, blood spurting out. His dad, Parker's dad, and three other guys grab Parker, and it was just a mess. Holy shit. Yeah, interestingly, four months before, this guy Lonnie in Salt Lake City said, Lance, I want to play with Radio Moscow. I said, Lonnie, I just met Parker. I don't know how that can happen, man. I don't know what's going on. But I told him this. I said, man, well, learn a set of songs and you never know. Maybe one of the guys will break, you know, his arm or 
you know, you won't be able to attend a show and you get your break, right? <laughs> anyway, I called Lonnie up this cruise at 4 a.m. I said, Lonnie, this is your break with Radio Moscow. Seriously? I said, yeah, man, we'll tell you where to fly in. And then the next day, uh, took some convincing, actually, for Parker to form a new band on the fly. He found another bass player, Billy Ellsworth, and then uh, listened to some songs that Lonnie put together. I said, well, you know, we have, you know, we need to support Graveyard. And so we all went out to Chicago and, <laughs> and, and it worked. It was, it was amazing. It works really well. And uh, Lonnie and Billy really, uh, really did a great job. And, are those guys still currently playing with him in El Perro? Yeah, well, Lonnie is. Yeah, Lonnie is is in El Perro. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of ironic how it, all that worked out. And then we did the, you know, Graveyard Tour, and that was January of 2012. And that was just, it was almost a, like a rock and roll fairy tale. Every show was sold out. All the posters from that tour are amazing. If you so get one. that show in Ames was the first night of the tour? Well, this was on the way. The first night of the, the graveyard tour started oh, at the Bowery Ballroom. I got you in now. In New York. Okay. So, so right before the whole thing. So, okay, on I got the you. way up to it. So we did a little little gig in, in Columbus, Ohio. And, uh, yeah, and we, you know... He was hope we were hoping that at least Zach and Corey would be able to do the tour and then you know go their merry way or whatever, but it didn't work out that way. And so there was a big battle. There used to be a YouTube video, it still may be there. You can actually see me, I'm actually on the stage. I ended ended up cleaning up for everything afterwards, blood all over. Wow. It was it was, <laughs> it was you know, it's it was like a movie, really. Okay, and then uh, yeah, then Lonnie calling up Lonnie, and he was there, and the rest is just history. It just worked beautifully. Um, matter of fact, we were in Chicago on the way up, and and that's when we knew it was really going to work because the crowd just embraced the new lineup and uh, did the standing ovation and everything. It was it was epic, man. It was. You know, it was really, it was a special time. And that Graveyard Tour is one of the coolest tours I've ever did. It was really, really special. That Hiss and Blues album by Graveyard, I love it. And when they were playing live then, if anybody saw those shows, they know. That was an epic, epic uh, tour. They're sure. an incredible band. I actually saw them come through here, uh, come through Phoenix with Uncle Acid. It's a great yeah, it's yeah a we great were talking show. about that yeah uncle, like i said uncle acid is the other one that uh you know at desert days and uh actually we barely got through the set there was a big storm coming and the uh the festival actually got canceled for that night okay because of the lightning and everything and the storm held off till uncle acid had finished their set it was it, it was like uncanny, really. That's and then it amazing. just started pouring. And uh, but anyway, that was just a wonderful, wonderful uh, performance they did. Like I said, one of my best performances ever. And uh, very, very special.
So you really took off with El Perro on the uncle on the um, graveyard tour. Yeah, with Radio Moscow. Yeah, Parker yeah. was the one that really introduced me, and then we we did a European tour that was very cool too. Um, and uh, we did a lot of lot of cool places. You know, we went to Turkey. You know, we did a show in Germany. We did a ton of shows in France. Um, and uh, you know, we also did. Uh, a lot of cool shows in Spain, Portugal, Greece. So know, is Liquid Light a, such a big thing? I mean, it's not really that big here. It's kind of niche and kind of like in the psych rock or more artistic realms. Um, how? Yeah, let's no, st- let me it's start. Definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a uh, you know a, a smaller thing. It's hard to do properly. Yeah. I've been doing it for 50 years. So uh, I am teaching classes. I've in-person classes that I'm starting in January in Berkeley, and I'm going to be doing some in L.A., Seattle, and maybe Austin. Wow, and so I'll you're going to be do, giving classes on this. In Austin, too. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. This is kind of a new idea. So basically people attend a class. I teach them the fundamentals. And then afterwards, we have a big jam with the band. And so we're going to have Spirit Mother at a couple. And then my other uh, friend's band, Bolero, another great band from San Francisco, Young Guys. These are brand new bands. Everybody needs to hear them. Jamming out at Berkeley. Very cool. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's not huge. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a pioneer. I decided I was really, I think, responsible for bringing it out of academia. I mean, basically um, there were people like Joshua White and stuff and they did shows, but it was really more in a historical setting about the sixties. Right. That's what I'm getting to. How many people do what you brought it into, you know, modern bands right now, you know? And uh, so, you know, you know, I've been fortunate. There's been a lot of bands that have embraced it. There's some that, you know, don't want to embrace it. That's cool. You know, it's not for everybody. But, uh, you know, like I said, some of the shows that I've done, especially like for Earthless, you know, um, Dead Meadow, there's, you know, there's been tons of shows that I've done. So how many people that, uh, are there? Are there many companies like yourself that do what you do? No, no, uh-uh. not really. So you're um, there's, like, there's a couple guys in New York that do it. Um, there were a couple guys in Austin, but they've all kind of given up a little bit and they've gotten into more digital shows or more video feedback shows mm-hmm. where you're, you know, you're using video, but you're not using liquids. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a certain kind of discipline. You have to really, you know, it's a special thing. It's like, you know, it's definitely a live, or, it's a live aspect to it. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, you know, I mean, a couple guys in New York, for instance, they use primarily um, recorded imagery, you know, that they make in the studio. Um, and it, it just doesn't have the, I don't think it has the same kind of effect. So, you know, it's got to be live. You know, it's got to be right now. And, uh, and in, in incredible things can happen. I mean, sometimes you will see faces. I really freaked myself out in the studio. I was during COVID. I was working on one thing, and I swear, I'm. I think I got a presence or something. 
because I had faces coming out of the liquids that were, and I was completely sober, man. Hmm. And it was a little bit like the twilight zone. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, there's, you know, there is a metaphysical part of it. Um, and I'm just kind of exploring that aspect of it. Sometimes when I think about something, it things will appear. Or sometimes the theme of the uh, show somehow will appear. Like I, I did this, you know, this Kiki Gakumoya band once again at Desert Days. And it actually, you know, they're from Japan. It actually, the imagery had almost an oriental flavor to it. Very bizarre. Wow. And I can't really, I can't explain it. But it's undeniable. It's there. You know, you just have to look at it. Matter of fact, you go to a YouTube channel and look at it. The, the vibrations. It's oriental. And that was, you know, that was not by conscious design. Do the frequencies of the music uh, affect the oil and the alcohol? Or is it mostly you uh, no, manipulating I mean, it, it? They affect it because, you know, it's a conduit through me. Well, if it gets, so I'm affected by the music, and so, of course, it would be affected that way. But well, I'm just wondering if the bass is... The vibration of the... It doesn't bother. aren't affected. They're no. not affected by oh, Okay, okay. No. no, but yeah, of course, going through you and then you putting your hands on it you know for sure yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and that's what's cool about it that's what's cool about a hand you did you know it's a live performance you just don't know what you're gonna get you know and, no yeah um, and that's really cool because i'd notice if i if i quit watching the banner and i just pay attention to the light show i can tell when you add a new color onto a new wheel and then when you start uh sort of spinning that one around you know you can sort of see it if you're paying attention you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, more than that, yeah. And I it's mean, like I'm a totally DJ. Uh, yeah. And so another thing that I was thinking about, it's really cool. Um, it's sort of like the way that glass pipes uh, kind of spread across America, man, for, for smoking pot and shit. You know how the guy that was blowing... <laughs> the guy that was blowing glass pipes was uh, f going around with um, fucking the Grateful Dead... And then he started teaching people how to how to blow glass, and then they started going around and teaching everybody how to blow really nice pipes and and bongs and shit. And it kind of reminds me of like what you're doing with the with the liquid light thing, because it's all the same environment and it's the same kind of creative outlet and stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's you know, that's more kind of a personal experience, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean. I, you know, obviously, I'm really proud of what I do. I work it. I'm 100% there when I'm working it. I work it hard. You know, a lot of shows, we put 12 hours into the setup or more, you know. So there's a lot of effort that goes into it, a lot of money now with, you know, like when we're bringing out um, that many projectors, you're well over $100,000 worth of gear that's all mine. It's not rented. That's know? crazy. So there, there's a lot. There's a lot in there. And you make your uh, living doing this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 24-7. Yeah. I, I live what I do. That's amazing, man. man. It's, that's a hard position to get yourself into in this world, man. So, I mean, that's a feat all on its own. That's amazing that you're able to do that in such a... Um, oh, yeah. Well, it's like being in a band. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a thing, you know. Um, but... Uh, you know, I love doing it. So, you know, if you, you know, it's, 
it's kind of my calling in life, you know. And that's, but there, it's like multidimensional, and uh, there's a lot of aspects to it. And like I said, we have had a, some really cool videos. Actually, I did another really cool ambient metal video that your viewers would be interested in. Todd Haig, who was kind of the inventor of speed metal back in the late 80s, early 90s, um, collaborated with me on a, on a piece that we did, Paradigm. And that's also on my YouTube channel. It's like a 12-minute video. It's very, very cool. And um, so that was all in the studio. And uh, I have that video editor, Ryan Freed, and he did a great job on the color. And um, It's a real special one. So, yeah, I have a lot of cool videos on that. My YouTube channel that I think people would really dig. This is youtube.com slash Mad Alchemy. Well, just go, you know, just uh, Mad Alchemy channel when you go to okay. YouTube. There you go. And it comes right up. Perfect, man. That's that's amazing, dude. Uh, no, I really appreciate the fact that you have uh, carved out like a whole fucking lifestyle out of uh, this art form. That yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Like I said, initially I thought, well, this back in 2008, I thought, well, this will be a couple of years and then I'll go back to my, you know, I had a, like I said, an architectural photo career and, uh, but it just started taking off. Um, so, and then uh, 2016 is when I got a really good chance to do desert days. And I did some real, fairly large bands and uh, that's when I knew I really had something, but that took eight years so, you know, it, it takes a while before you really connect. First, you, you have to have a germ of an idea. Once you have a germ of an idea, it takes a number of years going out there and doing it, just like building a band or a sound or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then once it starts resonating, then you just got to keep feeding it, you know. And, uh, you know, that's I've been fortunate that way, but, you know, I work real hard and. You know, we do, do, I do a lot of festivals, so we definitely get around. I like that a lot. So you were talking about how you have, like, you're able to do two shows at once now. How did you, when did you decide that you needed to bring more people on? And um, how do you decide who to bring on? Well, um, it's just a factor. I mean, one of the hard things you know, when you're, when you're a small outfit and you're booking things, you know, you don't want to tie yourself up too much because a, a big opportunity could come your way, right? right? Like a Red Rocks or something else. And so obviously, you know, I've probably had, uh, oh, three or four people that have, you know, that I've trained that could, could do really good shows. Um, I think Trent Engler right now does a really good job. And, uh, um, you know, we've had, a, you know, Dominic Cota was my first guy. He was with me for five years. And, uh, you know, he kind of burned out. It's easy to do. There's not a lot of money in it. But, uh, you know, now he's doing his own show, and that's cool. So, um, but it's really, you know, when you're in different markets, too, in different parts of the country, you know, uh, sometimes you just have to have an alternate, you know, so, and, and that's, you know, so it's, it's a lot of hard work on their part and on my part, and, you know, and then getting do the these, gear and 
Do these people you know, kind of a lot of work just uh, splitting the gear up, making sure that all the parts are there. You know, we have a tremendous amount of parts with this video uh, system. You know, we have mixers, a tremendous amount of cable, SDI, HDMI cable, uh, all sorts of converter boxes, everything you need. Okay, so it's a little complicated. Uh, so, you know, that's a lot of work too, just making sure that the gear is there, you know. Yeah, so. so it's getting more complicated as it grows, huh? That yes, very definitely. Yeah, it definitely does. You know, we were hoping to do all them witches, which kind of bummed me out. But last Halloween, they called me up, but it was just impossible to do. They wanted me to do a show at the Ryman Theater. I would have loved to have done that, but the timing was terrible. You know, I was doing two festivals at once the same weekend, Halloween weekend. It was just impossible. Yeah. You know? so. No, that would have uh, been a great one. That's yeah, a great band. You know, so sometimes you, you just you can't do everything. You know, I would have loved it. I, that's a band I definitely want to do another. I, just, I really want to do a show with them. I think um, what we do really fits fits what their vibe. So like, do these other guys. Too. I'm hoping that Kevin at some point will reach out to us. Um, I think uh, that one show is still it's my favorite show. It, there was something special about it. Um, I've done a lot of shows, although, you know, I did a one just a couple weeks ago at the lodge room with, um, Blackwater, Holy Light and Spirit Mother at the, and that was a really special show too. There was something there, you know, that was just extraordinary. So you never quite know when that's going to happen. You know, you just have to, that's the whole thing with live performance. You just got to go out there and do it. No, and I think that anybody that can make a, a carve a path out for themselves doing live performances and make a good living, man, I mean, that's that speaks for itself. That's awesome. I truly respect that.
I was just wondering, like these guys that you got working with you, do you seek? Do they seek you out, or do you kind of run into them in the scene? Well, I mean, I've been, you know, I've been teaching more. So um, the last group of people, really, um, you know, basically they were my students and stuff. So gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So these so classes I, you know, are they we do, are these like traditional classes in uh, schools or like more like um, online sort of things or how's how do yeah, you yeah yeah you know basically yeah uh, I have an online series that okay. I do and then like I said I'm doing these in person classes so ideally the online plus the in person experience is is the great way to start. You know, somebody needs at least a thousand dollars to get started with mm -hmm. plates and equipment. You can get started for as low as three hundred, but that you have to really be a good buyer of things. You know, but uh, typically, you know, it's yeah, somewhere between five hundred and a thousand dollars if you're serious. You should really have at least three overheads. You need at least three sets of plates and you know the other stuff cases and should have a good screen should have a and then you have to make sure that it's fire treated so it's legal so you don't get shut down there's a really good uh, uh source rose brand out of brooklyn sells um fire treated fabric and it's pretty inexpensive about 250 bucks but you know it's all those kind of details and so i go over all that you know what do you need to do to to do an effective light show and then working with me, you know, it's tough. You know, it's being in a supportive situation. Um, we have our Mylar technique. And so most of the people that work with me directly are employing the Mylar technique. And uh, that that can be really cool. So anyway. And, and uh, anybody that's yeah, lit, so, well, if people want to get into one of your classes, where should they go? Oh, well, all they have to do is... Uh, you know, go on Instagram and I advertise it there, or you can go to my uh, email, themadalchemist69 at gmail.com. Yeah, right and, and, and actually, and my website, madalchemy.net, and all my information's there, phone number, everything. And so they could reach out to me. And uh, yeah, for instance, uh, our January 14th class, I already have 10 people lined up, LA. At the lodge room, it's probably going to be January 8th. We already have 10 people for that. And uh, we have five or six people interested in the Seattle one that we're doing right after uh, Freak Out Fest, which uh, happens uh, January 10th through the 13th. This will be January 14th, the day after. So, yeah, just go online and, and uh, yeah, and then follow, like, in the Instagram, I post about it all the time. So, uh, yeah, and I'm wow. probably going to be visiting a lot of states, maybe Arizona. Matter of fact, I had a lot of online students from Arizona. So I'm super down to uh, I'm super down to come hear you talk and take one of your lessons and all that if you come down. There, there. you go, man. Yeah, there you go. Hell yeah. Hey, yeah, well, your hands will never be the same, man. I know. I see you guys. You're, you guys are stained yeah, you, all the time. Uh, it's not permanent, but. <laughs> uh, well, your fingernails get pretty screwed up, you know. Yeah. So you guys you know, get you can't you can't be into that and do this. Okay, you can't really wear gloves. I mean, you can. Uh, part of the problem is uh, little pieces of the gloves often rub off and uh. get into the mixture and stuff. 
Well, and, you kind of uh, want to be. And the other thing too with gloves is that you can uh, contaminate the colors going back and forth from different plates. Like you're going with a black and uh, white yeah, plate yeah, yeah. With, with a lot of black ink, and you put it into like red and yellow. The black seeps into that. It's not good. So, uh, plus, uh, really you kind of want to get it into your fingers, anyways, man, because it's a live thing. Yeah, you just thing. have to get into it. Yeah, yeah it's, a, <laughs> it's a live thing, man. You want to get it all in your pores. That's right. That's right. Yeah, people often think that, uh, you know, I'm doing some major automotive something or other. <laughs> <laughs> I got but, a friend uh, that uh, I got a friend that works at a paper mill, and they he, I don't know what the fuck he does, but he comes out of there covered in dye every day. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, sometimes it's o occupational. But I tell you yeah, what. Yeah. I've been, you know, I mean, uh, I'm not a young guy, and I've been doing it forever, over 50 years, and I've never got an allergy or anything from it. So there you go. No, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it definitely discolors things a little bit. So you know, uh, you know, if you're really into your nails, then this might not be the ideal art form for you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but, uh, hey Lance, I appreciate you being on the show, brother. And I am gonna see you at Ripple Fest, man. And we're yeah, definitely gonna yeah. catch Ripple up Fest in is person. Be really special. Yeah. yeah, you have some great you have some great uh, bands that have been around a while, and you have some new bands coming out. Once again, Spirit Mother, El Perro. These are bands you have to check out. And I know there's that a young band in Austin, Void Bader. Man, uh, they stole the show last time. Yeah. I wish Rhythm Hawks were going to be on there, man. I love their set. Yeah, Void Vader has that um, volcanic rock sound, man. They're very good, dude. Uh, yeah, you know, I thought, yeah, I thought that kid did great. You know, absolutely. Um, and it definitely had a Grand Funk Railroad vibe to me a little bit. But anyway, maybe that was just his look. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I thought they were great. Um, and of course, Mothership. They're you know out of Dallas. They're huge. Yeah. You know, uh, and so they're going to be there, and there's a lot of, you know, Grant Bork has apparently four bands that he's doing there. So it's going to be, you know, I think Ryan or Ripple Fest has put together a really, really nice festival. Yeah, the shout out to Ryan and Lick of My Spoon. Yeah, there's some people who have been mentioning the heat. I mean, it's going to be hot, but it's not going to be unbearable. So, you know, it's a high of around 99 to 100. At night, it's a beautiful 72. Yeah. So, you know, kind of tropical. Nothing's better than an Austin night anyway. I love Austin nights. Me too. You know, Me I, too. Bro. Yeah. I mean, I just really dig them. Matter of fact, I <laughs> maybe we don't want to get into that story with Scorpion Child, but that's uh, that's when I discovered the Austin nights. Dude, uh, let's, anyway. we'll talk about Scorpion Child next time I have you on, brother. All right. Sounds good. All <laughs> right. So you take care. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Okay. Thank Thanks, you so man. much, Lance. Hey, have a good night, man. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Later. All right. Thank you to Lance. Thank you to Mad Alchemy Liquid Light. Shout out to Ripple Fest Texas and all the incredible bands on that lineup. Get your asses out there. It is July 20 fucking first through the 20 fucking fourth you like the way i delayed that shit because i couldn't really remember yet i love you guys for listening to the podcast <clears throat> i'm gonna be out there in full force me and my lovely wife hannah the better half <clears throat> what's going on with me 
really looking forward to a lot of these bands out here that I haven't seen and also looking forward to a lot of the bands that I did see last year at Ripple Fest. Uh, namely Bone Church, which is going to be our next episode. So tune in later this week for Bone Church. We're going to be covering Ripple Fest until it happens. Uh, I'll see you guys out there. If you see me there, come say what's up. Don't be shy. Uh, I love you guys very much, and all you guys have a good night. This is Bone Church Acid Communion.
Well, hey there, Tommy. What's with the long face? I, I don't know why I feel the way I do. I'm just not happy, Doc. Like, I, I don't feel right. Oh, I think you have anxiety, Tommy. You know, I know exactly what you need. I'm going to go ahead and write you a prescription for a record player and some sweet new records at Glory or Death Records. That'll get you back on your feet again and right as rain in no time. Glory or Death has all the best bands. Moss Generator, Red Wizard, Love Gang, Red Witch Johnny. They'll get you feeling peachy keen again. They even have an insane double album tribute to Finn Lizzy featuring High on Fire, Mothership, Tool, Worshipper, and tons more. Wowee! Oh, that sure is keen. Side effects may include extreme giddiness, bloodshot eyes, random cravings, forgetfulness, bleeding of the ears, confusion, nausea, constipation, diarrhea, depression, anxiety, alcoholism, ulcers, or death. All right, I'm going to let you guys go, but I want to tell you one thing that we, when I say we, I mean old-fashioned assassin, some bad motherfuckers here in Tempe, Arizona that I know and love uh, very well. Well, I love them very well. I know them partially, but our relationship has come a long way in a short amount of time. These guys are great guys, man. Derek is a great father. Um, Kyle is a great dude. Fucking cool motherfucker. And uh, I'm honored to be... I'm honored to be um, sharing such a great, grand experience with these guys. It's something that the three of us have never tasted before in our own person in our own endeavors man on on this journey in music it's sort of like the pinnacle of um everything that we've ever done so i'm very happy to be sharing it with those guys um even though i didn't begin the journey with them i'm super stoked to be on this leg of whatever this is in life man it's super great you know uh so very stoked about that that is old-fashioned assassin gonna be playing friday october i mean august 19th at resorts world and psycho i mean and las vegas let me fucking start this over <laughs> i'm not used to doing uh Ads for Old Fashioned Assassin, that's what it is. Here we go. One more time. Teeth in the tubes and the tips in the lips. And the, here we go. Friday, August 19th. We got Old Fashioned Assassin playing Psycho Las Vegas. It's at Resorts World in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, we're just one of like fucking 75 bands, but we are there, motherfucker. And we don't know what stage we're on just yet, but when we find out, we will let you know. I'm definitely looking forward to having the guys on here to talk about how exciting this is. Uh, beforehand, and then probably going to do a recap of everything because I plan on getting crazy. Every year I go there, I've gotten crazy. Last year I got so crazy and spent so much money, I told my wife, I don't think I'm going to come back to this place unless I'm playing here. And then lo and behold, we're playing Psycho Las Vegas, baby. But we'll take it one day at a time. Let's all get down to Ripple Fest, Texas, at the Far Out Lounge in Austin, Texas. That is July 
21st through the 24th, we've got Eagles of Death Metal, The Sword, Crowbar, Mothership, Big Business, The Obsessed, Stoner, Spirit Adrift, The Heavy Eyes, Sasquatch, Resin, Fatso Jetson, Heavy Temple, J.D. Pincus, Lord Buffalo, Full Tone Generator, Wino, El Perro, Void Vader, Hippie Death Cult, Dr. Smoke, Howling Giant, Nick Oliveri, High Desert Queen, Destroyer of Light, Ape Machine, High Priestess, Dry Heat, Sun Crow, Holy Dead Trio, Burl fucking Bone Church, Horse Burner. The words are starting to get too small for me to read. Let me just, I don't even know how I got on this video. I'm supposed to be on a picture here. Here it is right here. This is the last one I said. Horse burner. We got Spirit Mother, Thunder Horse, Age of Truth, Kind, All Souls, Lost Cruces, Salem's Band, Foster Mother, The Absurd, Mother Iron Horse, Mr. Plow, Shake, Mountain Revival, Blue Heron, Grill from the Phoenix fucking Sonoran Underground. We got Formula 400, my label mates on Glory or Death Records. Rick Shaw, Billy's Burger Patrol, Eagle Claw, Bridge Farmers, Good Eye, All English, and Who Do I Kill? No, we're not on there, man, but maybe next year. If you're listening to this, Ryan, we want dibs on the fucking lineup next year. Please and thank you. Love you guys very much. Shout out to Ripple Fest. Shout out to Ripple Music. Shout out to Todd. Shout out to Pope. Shout out to all you guys. We love you very much. And uh, oh, let's not forget Licking My Spoon Productions and Holy Dead Trio. Um, enjoy your weekend, everybody. It's Friday. It's time to get paid, get laid, and get made. At least two of the three. This is Zach Cry from the Sonoran Desert. Not saying goodnight. Just saying. Shedding light on all your fortune as it 